Support for 100 Watts and a Wire is brought to you by 100wattsandawire.com. To subscribe to the show, simply click the RSS feed or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. When you visit, apply for your free 100 Watts ID and learn how you can become a sustaining member. Click the Donate page and pick the option that works best for you. We've got a traveling toolkit, 100 Watts and Wire gear, and activity days with prizes. That's 100wattsandawire.com. And ICOM. Get out and get active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. And LDG. An LDG automatic tuner between your transmitter and antenna will match impedances and ensure maximum power output while protecting your finals from damage due to reflected RF. To learn more, visit ldgelectronics.com. And BioNO Power, offering the best performance lithium iron phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B I O E N N O P O W E R.com. Or contact dealers nationwide. And now from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Well, how do you like that? A brand new opening there. A little bit of fireball. I don't know what sort of thing that is, but it's it's new and there's a reason for it. And I'll talk about that as we get a little bit further down the road. I love the music, but we've been doing it for, I don't know, 230 episodes. So it's time for us to change over just a little bit. It's Christian. How you doing? My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. I'm here with the squeaky chair. I got to remember to do something about the chair. Uh, a little ass wiggle will, uh, you know, result in a lot of uh, unwanted noise. But uh, you get it. You understand. Man, a lot has changed in the world since uh, we've last spoken. And, you know, January is one of those months where, you know, we're doing two shows a month, but there's more weeks in the in the month. Uh, Neil Peart, one of my favorite uh, musicians of all time, has passed away, and that's been a few weeks now, but that was a shock. And then uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven other people crashed, and it just seemed like, what what is going on here? What What is happening? And that was a big story. I thought we needed to break in and then talk about that. Not just uh, Neil Peart. Look, I found Neil Peart when I was in elementary school. And my brother, who's a bit older than I am, had a 2112, and Moving Pictures was probably my first ever record. And it, like, you know, was something that I didn't hear in my house. I grew up listening to the Allman Brothers and Steely Dan and the Beach Boys and the Beatles, of course. And that was always around. But when I could first get out and start listening to my own music, I found Rush. And so uh, Neil Peart's death sort of, you know, so premature. You think, you know, he's relative, you know, young guy, but a monster talent. And then uh, fast forward just a couple of weeks ago now, we've got Kobe and his daughter and seven other people, you know, crashing a helicopter in the fog. So many questions. And, uh, you know. We're thinking about all the people involved and all that stuff. And then so many people every day are dealing with uh, heavy things. But the, when the, the parts of your youth or parts of your life are sort of, you know, kind of ground you a little bit more. 
But anyway, it's good to be back in the seat. I've got some friends here with me. We're going to bring them in in just a little bit. I've got some news about certs. I was so excited last time we spoke. I was all signed up for this certs class. And I got one class in. It was on a Wednesday night from 6.30 in the evening until 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, this training is super important. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it now because I had just come out of the um, ARRL course. What is it? EC001. They've got different levels now for Aries. And to get to level two, I need to hit a certain amount of training. So I took that. It was a nine-week course. Finished that up. It was, you know, it was a relief to get it off, and it dovetailed right into the certs. And uh, I'm there for one week. Ten people were in the classroom. Everything was good. We were assigned bags. You know, I love bags, man. I had stuff in it for, you know, digging in gravel. It was all kind of like not high-caliber stuff. A lot, of, a lot of cheaper tools, but things that get you started. Flashlights, digging tools different tape, that's that sort of thing. And uh, the next week, next Wednesday, we get an email from the man who's running the course. You had to go through the college to sign up. He says, we, uh, we had three people drop out and uh, we have to cancel the class. And I was really heartbroken. I thought, man, this really sucks because this was uh, meant to be another eight weeks in the classroom. And the last class you spend all day at the firehouse you're going to be putting out fires they're going to pretend not pretend but i guess a drill it's it's pretend yes but it's more of a drill and it's organized and you're going to kind of graduate on the ninth week cancel anyway then i get to the point where i'm like all right well if this is where i am what's my options and they say well we can try again try again is the uh is the thing I'm kind of hung up on because I had already made my plans for Dayton and I had a little place, an Airbnb right down in the city, stone's throw from a contest university, which is, um, it's on Thursday. Yeah, that's on Thursday. I was going to get in on Wednesday and I believe contest universities. Was that right? That's right. Yeah. Thursday. Anyway, had everything sorted out, and I'm like, look, this training is important. There's a lot of things going on in the world, and I really do believe that we have to to train the people. And the next time it's offered is in March. And wouldn't you know, the final class of the nine-week session is the weekend of Dayton. You couldn't have, you know, and, I'm, and I talked to my wife a little bit about it, and I was like, you know, I just, I just think the training for me is where where I want to be. This is what I want to do. I, I love Dayton, love getting together, the camaraderie, seeing all this stuff is, is so great. But I've done that. Uh, I have not done this training. And this is the kind of training that can help your family when you're firefighters and first responders, police department. And I got to tell you, I've got a re- really small police and um, fire department. And I could see them, if we had something happen out here, they could be stretched pretty thin. And at first I was a little upset. I got to be honest. First I was upset because I thought, you know, seven people, training seven people is better than no people. But there is some money tied up to the training, the bags, you know, there is some money. Um, I did manage to keep a really thick booklet that they give out. Uh, I reluctantly took my bag back because I signed up for the next class. I was like, well, I'm going to get it back, but I understand what you're saying. I put my bag together, 
all the stuff just they dump it in there so much so that my hand sanitizer had leaked all over <laughs> it had leaked out so i had half a bottle of that uh some other things the batteries were there for so long that they've had corrosion on the bottom for the flashlight these sort of things i went through it cleaned it up organized it turned it back in told the lady look um uh, the number that they issue, they issue the bag and it goes with your name. I said, I'll be back. If they remember, I'll take that bag back because I spent a little time with it. So that was a bit of a bummer. Uh, and uh, the other side of that is uh, Dayton. I had to cancel my Dayton plans, but I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. I got the money back for the Airbnb. It's cool. I won't see my friends there like I, I would normally do and had planned to. But for me, I think the training is important. So... The reality is we're going to try. We're going to try. And now I'm starting to talk to people and it's like, yeah, this happens a lot. It happens a lot. We're going to try means we'll see if we can get 10. We'll see if we can get 12. So, uh, and what happened was that a lot of people were coming up from the south. This course was up near me in the north. I live up near the rivers. And um, people came from the south up because where they live, their stuff was canceled. So I guess they decided, look, I, I'm not going to make this trip up. Three bailed and the whole class came to uh, uh, to an end until March. So we'll see. We'll try again in March. And I just don't know. I, I do believe, though, the training aspect of uh, what I need in my life right now, where my head is and my focus and the hobby is more toward the service. I need to learn a little bit more. It ties into where the show's going, how we're going to... Um, plan a little bit more for life and the obstacles that come our way and how to protect ourselves and um, take care of ourselves if we're injured, how to help the community. We've got to do this as a community. And what better way than the search program? But I'm going to bring the guys in here, Steve, W7UDI, and uh, we'll come back. We'll take a break here in just a second. And we'll come back. We'll talk to ENW1JIW, the guys from the net. And we'll take care of business when we get back. You're listening to 100 Watts and a Wire. Whether you say 73 or 73, even 73s, we're still 100 Watts and a Wire. The ICOM 705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers. But it's in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at one kilo or just over two pounds. With RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. It's got that large 4.3 inch color touch screen with live band scope and waterfall. And the perfect accessory for the IC705 is the optional backpack. It's the LC192. It has a special compartment for the IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on all ICOM radios. QRO to the people. This is 100 watts and a wire. Welcome back. It's Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. Steve, W7UDI and Ian, W1JIW, you recognize the call signs from the air. The 100 watts in a wire Sunday evening net. These are net control operators. They've been with me for a long time, and they're here today as we uh, talk in the studio. 
And you listen through the monologue there. Steve is a firefighter, uh, and you've been at it for a long time. So several awards. It seems like every year now you're winning some kind of a service award. Uh, the CERTS program, I didn't talk about the acronym, but it's the uh, Community Emergency Response Team. They teach you some things that aren't really radio-related. They teach you how to bandage. They teach you how to put out a fire. Uh, anything that I said in the uh, opening comments you you want to talk about, Steve? Uh, oh, good evening, and hi, everyone. This is Steve, W7UDI. And, uh, yeah, no, the CERT program is, is great. It's... Uh, kind of came around that if you have a disaster in your area, whether it's earthquake for us here on the West Coast or or tornadoes uh, in the Midwest or, or whatever natural disaster, if it's a large enough disaster, you know, resources won't be available to you. So CERT was kind of developed to help people and their neighbors uh, band together and become, you know, self-sufficient for, you know, up to 72 hours. And there is a radio component about it. I know they've been pushing uh, FRS but, uh, for communications back and forth in the neighborhood, but uh, some of the CERT uh, instructions that I've seen and heard are uh, they're pushing amateur radio and people getting their license and being involved in that. Uh, we got a CERT team where I work. I work for a utility, and uh, we're doing it for the company. And people are getting CERT training on the at work and they're going to use it at work and at home so it's a it's a pretty positive benefit to to everybody uh, ian you're a, you're a bit of a preparedness guy you believe in preparing for life uh, in your area do you know of the cert program uh, any thoughts on that well sure i have some thoughts but anyway this is ian w1jiw um but be honest with you i don't know if i have a cert team local here or not um I would have to look into it. I'm the Androscoggin Area uh, Radio Club. I mean, we they are heavily involved with Aries Races, which they've got that combined together. And I've been asked multiple times to join that. I just haven't had the personal time to make a commitment to them. I imagine someday that I will. But honestly, I'd have to look and see if we do have a certs team. I, I don't know. I think it's right up your alley. Um, because of some of its basic, you know, basic skills, you know, and I've got young kids and I just want to be able to try to help them in times of, you know, trouble. And then I got in and learned some other things about my area. Like, um, they've got a pipeline that runs jet fuel underneath the city where I was studying all the way to my airport. That's pretty scary. Things come up and down the uh, river up and down the highways, which are, you know, it's all right here. And things I didn't really know about going in, um, but it is sort of an entry level, how to take care of some things when things could go wrong and, and who's coming to get you, you know? And that's what I think, um, it was a tough choice for me because I think Dayton is a, is a really cool thing. Um, but I want to get this training. And like you, I don't have a lot of – the deeper it gets into the year, the harder it is for me to sign up of nine weeks of anything, for real. Um, but the training itself uh, – Steve, is there a part of certs that you find beneficial for the common person? Oh, yeah. I mean, the last uh, session is hands-on. I mean, so for nine weeks, you're spending time just uh, in the classroom. 
and then the uh, the last uh, day or your last training session, which is an all-day event, you come down to the local firehouse or, and uh, you get to put what you learned into practice. And uh, a lot of people have never used, say, like a fire extinguisher. And if you have used a fire extinguisher, you never really used it on a large fire, and you'd be amazed what you can do with a small fire extinguisher. You can put out a, small, a fairly large fire with a small fire extinguisher just by using the proper techniques. And these are the things you get to experience in, uh, in CERT training. You get to do, use those tools that you talked about you're getting in your bag. And uh, it's, uh, it, it's, I think it's a good... Uh, training se uh, lesson for everybody you get to know and then if something does happen you you become self-sufficient uh, for your family your neighbors or even even at work I think Ian hit on something that's really important is that he doesn't know and that's not unique like I they can't get 10 people in a classroom that want to help locally I mean it seems like it should be pretty easy to get at least 10 I'm trying to bring my uh, father-in-law to the next one, and it's not my job to recruit. But if this platform helps people to go, hey, I think that's actually a good idea. And now, again, it it does have a radio component. There were probably three or four hams in that session, and they were all like, yeah, they looked around like, yeah, ham radio, brother, all right. But you had a retired grandma. You had um, – young college graduate, you know, young professionals and people of all walks just trying to figure out. But I think there could be a problem with the marketing of this. And not that I have the answer. I mean, we should use this platform and any other media platforms that may listen to this. You know, try to pass that word out there because it seems like it's funded enough kind of by it's a FEMA based rooted in the information. And I think there's another third party group that helped pay for the bags and the gear that was inside. But the marketing of this thing is not good, and it goes through a university here. It's a two-year school, but you register through the school. Um, so I don't know what, what they need to do, but they if, if the fire department and the police department are shorthanded, and in my town they seem to be, um, they need to beef up the marketing effort just I don't know what to do. do. Do you guys promote anything out there? Either of you, if, if Ian hasn't heard anything, then he's not getting it. But do you, does your fire department um, put out any information? A little bit, uh, but not as much as they should. Um, it's, I think the biggest problem, and you guys touched on it, is uh, your time. It's the time commitment. It's uh, nine. It's 10 weeks, uh, Four hours uh, a night, what was it, six to ten uh, was your class, and then, so yeah. that's four hours a, a week, uh, and then an all-day event, uh, and then trying to plan things out for ten weeks, that's the uh, the other problem is uh, uh, that people are having, so it's the time commitment is, is the I think, the biggest issue. Yeah, I agree, and we'll talk a little bit more about this as we go along, Um it was a bummer. It was a bummer to me. I put the, the time aside, and there's no real guarantees that I'm going to get the next one off. And I'm hearing from the locals. They're like, you know, it may not happen. That's a problem around here. You know, that that sucks, man, because I, I don't have a lot of time to, you know, I can give you the nine weeks. Uh, so I'm making a commitment to go away from um, Dayton, which is a personal yeah, no, you get to go be with your friends and your buddies and all, but it's a it's a personal uh, kind of choice here. And I and I went with the training over 
uh, sort of the pleasure aspect this time around. But I can tell you I'm going to be pissed off if they cancel this thing again. I will try again in September. Well, then guess what? I'm going to go stay at Steve's house for a week, and I'm going to ride on the back of his uh, fire engine, and I'm going to ring the bell, and I'm going to dress in a, a Dalmatian outfit, whatever. Yep, you can but be I'm going to get uh, I'm going to get these skills one way or the other because uh, for me, it's really important. It's an easy decision, and we're going to take a break here, and then coming back, we're going to talk about probably the hottest topic and the most concerned Uh, topic that's hitting um, the world right now and we'll come and do that next when in doubt hang them high this is 100 watts and a wire ldg is proud to introduce a full line of hf wire antenna kits using ldg's popular balance and unins the wire antennas cover most of 80 through 10 meters and handle power levels up to 200 watts pep The wire antenna kits include a G5RV, a 40-meter loop, a 40-meter dipole, an off-center-fed windom, and an N-fed long wire package. Each package contains stranded hard-drawn copper wire and insulators. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing advanced, quality products to the amateur market. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. LDG Electronics. Everywhere you look, there's an LDG. Hello, everyone. It's time for the Yoda update. Uh, Last time we talked was in mid-December, and we were talking about Yoda December month, uh, where we had youth stations all around the world trying to make contact. Um, They had a set goal of trying to get over 100,000 QSOs. That was their goal. Um, we managed to make 129,000 worldwide. In the U.S. here, we had over 10,000 QSOs. We had 15 operators under the age of 25, and uh, they ran the stations uh, K8Y, K8O, K8T, and K8A, spelling the suffix spelling Yoda. Uh, the event was organized by Bryant Rascal, KG5HVO, He had a small amount of time. We didn't give him a lot of time, but he did a fantastic job, and uh, he was responsible for coordinating everything also with Region 1 um, to make sure the logs got uploaded and uh, take care of every housekeeping that needs to be done. There were over 2,500 awards that were claimed. So if you've worked one of those Yoda stations, uh, you may want to take a look at the site called Events dot ham dash yoda dot com and uh, see if you qualify for one of the awards there's a bunch of certificates that you can claim and if you're a numbers person uh, you can look in the statistics area there's all kinds of uh, fun numbers in there uh, per station per day per mode per band uh, lots of cool stuff so the next thing we want to talk about is the yoda camp coming up this summer uh, June 21st to 26th at the VOA Museum in Westchester, Ohio. And that's about uh, 30 minutes north of Cincinnati and about 30 minutes south of Dayton, so right smack in the middle. Um, there's a reason for that. If you visit the museum, you will find out. Um, so we're looking at uh, activities for the kids. Uh, what we've planned so far, uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff. We've got some contesting. We're going to do some uh, VHF, UHF, digital modes, uh, learn about D-Star, APRS. We're going to do some kit building, some ARDF, uh, antenna building. Uh, We're hoping to get some satellite operations in, uh, do some demos there. 
there'll be a VHFs contest from Kings Island, which is one of our local amusement parks here. Um, we're going to have a, some social events. We've got dinner at Dave and & Buster's, and we're going to be operating a, a uh, special event station. A Whiskey 8 Yankee is what you'll be looking for, and that'll be from the museum all week long. And also, uh, we're going to have a remote uh, radio at the hotel at night, so uh, the, uh, the, the campers can get on the air from the hotel, so that'll be fantastic. Now, who is this for? To participate in this camp, you have to be licensed uh, anywhere in the Americas, but you have to have a uh, license to operate amateur radio. You must be between the ages of 15 and 25. The cost uh, for the camp itself is $100, but the caveat is you will have to finance your way through Cincinnati, uh, Dayton area. Uh, like I said, Westchester is right in the middle of those two. Uh, and we have more information on our website at youthontheair.org. Now, as you can imagine, with a, such a large event like this, uh, we've been very blessed to have a lot of the manufacturers step up. I would say three-quarters of the costs have been covered by them. We're reaching out to the ham community to help us uh, defray the rest of the camp. If we get an extra $4,000, we can uh, get 20 campers in and have the camp as uh, a schedule to go. If we raise another 6000 so that would be $10,000 more, then we could have 30 campers uh, attend the camp. So that would be fantastic. So we're quite lucky. Uh, in February, we're raising some money, and Steve, KM9G, was nice enough to come up with a uh, matching donation. So for every dollar the camp gets, he will match the dollar as well, up to $4,000. So that's very generous of him to do so, and that uh, will allow us to get more campers in this summer to take part of these fantastic activities. Um, if you know a ham that's interested uh, in participating in the camp, the registration will open here uh, in mid-February or so. So keep an eye out on the website, youthontheair.org. Uh, we have a donate tab on there. Uh, that will instruct you or show you how you can make a donation. We have a GoFundMe campaign. We also take PayPal. And we've got this great opportunity with Steve, uh, KM9G, doing the uh, matching fund uh, till the end of February. So please take advantage of that. Uh, we'd appreciate it, and I'm sure the campers would appreciate it as, as well. For 100 Watts and a Wire, this is Jocelyn, KD8VRX. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Joe Hughes, Whiskey Alpha 2, Juliet Oscar Echo. I love getting QSL cards. Getting something in the mail besides bills is fun. While I don't send or ask for a QSL to every contact I make, I send out many, especially to stations in interesting places, foreign countries, and some special event stations. I collected several from the Apollo 11 anniversary this summer, and one from each of the 13 colony stations that I contacted. I keep a box on the desk in my shack within easy reach that contains my cards, self-addressed envelopes, blank envelopes, and stamps. Whenever I want to send a QSL card to a station, I reach over immediately after the contact and start filling out the card. I almost always include a self-addressed stamped envelope whenever I send and ask for a card to a U.S. station. This is a courtesy, and I think it makes it easier for the other station to respond. How do you get a QSL card to and from a station in another country? Well, my first stop is always the QRZ page for the station. This tells me how, or even if, that station likes to handle QSL cards. 
Sometimes they have a QSL manager in the States, and that makes things very easy as I can send the card with regular U.S. postage. Some stations will QSL through the Bureau. I've already set up an account with my incoming Bureau, and I save up cards destined for the outgoing Bureau and send them in every few months in the club shipment, and this saves a little money. Some stations will QSL direct, so how does that work? First things first, check the QRZ.com page for the station. If the station does QSL direct, the operator may ask for a U.S. dollar or two, also known as green stamps, plus a self-addressed envelope if you want a return QSL card. So let's talk about stamps for a moment. The U.S. Postal Service makes outgoing mail to foreign countries very easy and affordable with the International Forever Stamp. From the U.S. Postal Service website, we read that First Class Mail International is the most affordable mail class for sending postcards, letters, and flats to Canada and over 190 other countries. Use global forever stamps to send letters or postcards weighing up to one ounce anywhere in the world, including Canada. Forever stamps are sold at the current one ounce rate, but they don't expire even if the stamp price goes up. The Global Forever Stamp currently costs $1.15 for each one ounce envelope, and I keep several on hand. Now, this stamp is only good for getting your envelope to the foreign station. It will not work to get their card back to you, so don't put one on your reply envelope. That's what the $2 is for. The foreign operator will take care of purchasing postage for your self-addressed envelope. Do not put a stamp on your return envelope, just your address. Some stations ask for an International Reply Coupon, or IRC. One thing I found is that International Reply Coupons are no longer sold by the U.S. Post Office and can be hard to get in the United States. I remember back in my shortwave listening days in the 80s, we would sometimes have to send an IRC or two to get a QSL card from an international broadcaster. Another point to note from the QRZ.com page for the station is that many stations will ask that you not put any call letters in the addresses as some foreign government entities will know to look for dollars in those envelopes. Hope this helps. 73. For 100 watts and a wire, I am Pastor Joe, WA2JOE. Kilo Zero, Stairway to Heaven, returning. All right, welcome back. I'm joined by Steve, W7UDI, and Ian, W1JIW, net control operators. Be sure to listen to the Sunday evening net. We're on HF at the moment. I've been approached about a CW net, a D-Star net, you know, and for us, we know it's, it's hard enough to keep the wheels going on an HF net, and we've been doing quite well for several years now so that that does feel good but listen uh this time of year 80 meters you'll find us and uh these guys are uh running the controls and i want to bring them in now to talk about the coronavirus uh this is the thing and i I got a quick story before i turn it over to ian we're going to look at some of the numbers uh you know this was going on about a week or so ago and i was talking to ian talking to steve and some other ham radio friends about getting the mask you know, I wanted to order the mask. And Ian's like, you got to get the mask. And I'm like, okay, we're looking at the mask. Here's a good one. Here's this. We're looking at them. $63. $63 for a pack of 10. The next night, 
They went to $75, $76 the next day. Right now, if you do an Amazon search for like a 3M, you don't have to do 3M, but get the, uh, it's the N95 is the mask that I think most people are saying is good. I mean, the prices, forget about the prices. You can't get them. You cannot get them right now. And I'm not a doctor. We're not pretending to have the answers, but I thought the mask would be a good idea. Uh, we've been looking and monitoring this website done by Johns Hopkins uh, in my hometown of Baltimore, Maryland. And I was going to have Ian take a look at some of the numbers because we've watched this spike up like it's ridiculous. Um, so let's uh, turn it over to Ian and see what he makes of some of these numbers. And uh, go ahead, Ian. What do you see? Okay, sure. Yeah, from John Hopkins University. Right now, total confirmed cases are. 37,593 with a total Jeez. of 814 deaths so far. Um, right now in the United States, they're, they're saying 12 confirmed cases. But that's confirmed cases. We've got a bunch of people that just came off from a cruise ship. I believe that was Friday morning mm-hmm. where they quarantined four people. Um, so... We're going to see how this turns out. There's another cruise ship off the coast of China, I guess, that was headed this way that they are kind of just sitting doing circles because they don't um, want to have a chance of bringing any, you know, any viruses over here. I'm just going to wait and see for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, the N95 mask, Christian, I locked out. I ended up getting two boxes. I got mine from Napa um, because they, they're using sanding purposes and everything else. I think I paid... $50 for two boxes, so I got 40 masks for $50. So if you want masks, get a look at, at the unconventional places to try to find them. I know the Home Depots and the Lowe's and stuff are all sold out. Sold out. So uh, I was lucky to get some from Napa. Um, you're going to want to wash your hands a lot right now, which you want to do that with either one of the influenzas that are going around. I know they say the influenza actually kills a lot more people than this virus has so far. But they're saying this virus, the coronavirus, is mutating. And um, we don't know how it's going to turn out. Um, this has also already been larger than the last outbreak, and I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, SARS. SARS. Yes, yes. It's, it's already surpassed that outbreak. So um, time will tell. Um, but stay vigilant. Wash your hands. Um if it starts getting into an area near you, uh, you may want to try to limit your exposure, especially the young ones and, and the elderly folks may want to limit their exposure to the public. Yeah, good points there. And look at the automotive, like Ian said. Look at the automotive uh, places. They have some things, respirators. They do that kind of work with painting and things like that. I want to turn it over to Steve. I mean, you've been in the, the fire game and lots of different things like that. And what are they saying to you? I mean, you know how we get some infra- inside information sometimes, and it's like, well, you know, what are you hearing about this thing? Oh, for us, it's been uh, – we're just treating it like uh, influenza A and B. We're doing our standard precautions and uh, PPE. And uh, when we come into either influenza A or B or any respiratory uh, illness that we deal with as, as – firefighters we you know take our standard precautions and uh usually when we get dispatched we'll uh we'll, we get a uh, a code word that's pretty much told to us and then that kind of clues us in 
But uh, one other thing, and uh, you'd, <laughs> I don't want to make this all doom and gloom, but I noticed on the uh, John Hopkins website there that there was 2,924 recovered people. So it's uh, people are recovering from it. So a lot of people are getting infected, and uh, but there are you know positives and there's are recoveries. So uh, and uh, we'll beat it. We'll uh, we'll get there. But for the time being, we just uh, just take care of y yourself and just do you know proper hand washing and just anything else to avoid the flu. Just do that, and uh, we'll we'll get through this. Yeah, you kind of wonder a lot of the, um, and I talked to Ian about this because we're both, um, well, who knows? It's interesting. You're not supposed to be the kind of prepper type of guy who's out there telling everybody what you have. But we do talk about entry level preparedness, preparing for life is 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 kind of how Ian has framed it, and it's and it's true, you know. So. But you hear people talking about, and I think there's an industry around this too. It's an industry to sell you all these freaking masks, right? It, it's, I mean, the prices are through the roof. These things are worth a buck sixty a piece, maybe three dollars, uh, you know, for a fancy one. But um, I think there's a little industry tied to it. You get the media wrapped up into it too, so then you get a little bit of a panic. Uh, we just have a couple of minutes. Ian, is there anything that you would keep aside for situations like viruses? Is it like uh, ibuprofen, the mask? Is there anything else you're thinking about just in case? Well, I know myself, I have a bunch of latex gloves. I have them because I use them in the shop. I use them if I'm going to paint. I use them if I'm, I'm a trapper, so I use them when I'm skinning animals. Uh, so I always have boxes of latex gloves kicking around. So I imagine if it came to your community, that might be a positive thing to have too. I've got rubbing alcohol. I've got uh, hydrogen peroxide sitting. I have water and stored food in case you ever did have to bug in for a while if you weren't sure for less stuff to settle down. But I would also urge people too is take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, look up your facts. Know what's going on. Because you hear a lot of chatter on, on the bands right now, especially 75 phone, 11, 12 o'clock at night. So don't don't uh, believe everything that you're hearing on the radio. Yeah, and, we, and follow that website. Does anybody have a? You've guys got it pulled up. Is it easy to say, or is it a wild? Uh, it's a wild website. Trackcoronavirus.com. Okay, yeah, and look for that. It's done by Johns Hopkins, which is a, a fabulous um, teaching institution and hospital. They'll take care of that. Well, that's going to do it for this week. We got a lot of heavy topics to talk about. You're can welcome to uh, you're welcome to drop us a line. Tell us what you're thinking. What are you preparing for this? What are you doing? These are some basic things that we're sharing with you. Uh, be sure to stop at the website 100wattsandawire.com. A lot of things there that you can get. People ask about the 100 watts ID a lot. They also ask about the 100 watts in a wire toolkit, which I always fail to mention on the show. It's been across the country. I think it started in Maine. It started uh, in Maine and has gone back and forth, and people leave QSL cards and they write in a log what project they're working on. It's a time-honored tradition to share your tools, and uh, we've got a traveling toolkit. Just click on the website and you'll find it. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.